What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 159 of the SoCo Show. This is the voice of the co-host, Cody Michael, joined as always by the so-host, Seth Ott. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and of course, uh, our, 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 I don't know, our third, we gotta figure out something to call the guy. Jared Buckendall. JB, how's it going, man? Hello, I'm doing well. There you go. I'm gonna these two fucking guys. Hello, hi. This is gonna <laughs> hi. be these are the, that's what I got to work with today. Oh, that's gonna be fun. Uh we are all coming off of a very exciting weekend where we're able to get back into the theater and see some things. Um the biggest thing, I guess, for today's show, we are gonna get some uh review some high-level reviews. Uh, for Tenet later in the show. Seth and Jared both went and saw that one. I'm waiting on my show. So don't worry, there won't be any spoilers on the on the show this week. But um, keep an ear out for, for Tenet review later on in the show. Um, and we all got back to the theater. Uh, each of us got back um, to at least one movie. I think I, think I saw two. Um, and Seth, I think you went to five, as you said, that you were going to last week. So we're going to hear a lot about all of our theater experiences. So if you're uh, waiting or, or considering whether or not to head back, uh, we'll give you some insights and, and certainly share some of our experiences so you can kind of weigh that decision for yourself. But beyond that, just another week for us. A uh, bunch of movies to review. Uh, we actually don't have any TV this week, so it's a lot of reviews. Uh, and then it was my week for We Missed the Boat. So I'm going to get into my uh, homework assignment for that. So lots of fun stuff, very review heavy this week. And like I said, we're going to be talking about the movie theater in just a bit. But um, before we before we jump into any of that, before we get into chic tweets, um, I don't know, what's been going on with you guys this week? Is uh, Other than getting to the movie theater for the first time, what have you guys been up to? Like, what did you do over the weekend? Movie theater, um, fall guys, that it? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, my, I had my birthday on Sunday, which was just movies and video games. So that was fun. A lot of ice cream. Um, I did learn a, a new term for <laughs> a new term for uh, pooping. Oh, here we go. I'm uh, all ears. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have heard this one before, but it made me laugh when I heard it. Um, uh, uh, you would be growing a tail when you're pooping. Oh wow! Oh no! Oh wow! <laughs> oh, that's nasty. Get out! That is no good. I don't like I don't that like at all. No. No. <laughs> I thought Where? it was funny. Uh, gosh. <sighs> he sighed because he didn't want to ask, but he felt the need. Where did you pick that up? A podcast, I told you. Oh, what podcast was it? Uh, um, it was, uh, it's called Poop the Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Are you for real? <laughs> no. Okay, good. <laughs> I um, was like... I mean, I don't. That was an honest question because I, I feel like you're the guy that would listen to poop the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but um, every week I, on uh, the poop cast, they uh, find a new <laughs> word for poop. Yeah, and this week was growing a tail. <laughs> <laughs> My God, um, Jared, it sounds like it's been a busy time for you. We're actually we're recording this week on a Tuesday when you would otherwise be doing. J Buck Live. So no no J Buck Live this week. It sounds like you've been backed up with just a shitload of reviews and things. So have you yeah. been, you've just been working away? 
Yeah, unfortunately, I'm in some legal trouble, and I might be losing the name J-Buck Live to uh, a, d- a different bidder out there. Uh, apparently, trademark uh, infringement and whatnot. So, Uh-oh. unfortunately, on my side, there's a lot of uh, legal troubles that I'm going through. So that's kind of what I've been busy with. But aside from that, yeah, a lot of uh, you know ending explained videos for Tenant and another Netflix movie. But yeah, the biggest thing is, man, those legal fees. Um, if you can throw me a nice uh, bone, some cash flow, maybe a can or two, so I can get some five cents. Uh, that would would be greatly appreciated oh man yeah head over get over to jb's patreon help him fight the legal battle I, I, you're being serious about this this is the first time hearing about it but you're actually having to fight over your name right now is that well, what you're doing? well th- see that's the thing is like i tweeted what about a week ago about some like business call and stuff and um yeah. the business call did not go the way i wanted it to <laughs> um so so unfortunately yeah that's kind of where i'm standing right now huh that is crazy. Well, fuck. I, we'll, we'll have to keep updated on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, it turns out not even your name is safe in America these days. So. Nope. <laughs> Thanks, um, 2020. We'll have to tune in next week for, um, I don't know what we're going to... Uh, Terry the- Smith Live. Jared <laughs> Maybe that's... You can have that one for free, Jared. I won't charge you for it. Terry right, Smith Live you. featuring Jared Buckendall is going to be the name of the new weekly show. I think that might get the clicks. Until Terry Smith comes out of the woodwork and says, I don't know, whatever it is people say when they think you're using their name. Wow. I just hope no one... Is there another SoCo show? I feel like there is. There are other SoCo there's shows. De- there's definitely a SoCo... It's something with the whiskey, I feel like. Oh, definitely. Southern Comfort. There's definitely some sort of show, uh, weekly update. There's definitely something. I'll tell you this. If I Google... Um, SoCo show, uh, we're the first thing that pops up, so that's great. Uh, and then below nice. us is SoCo Scene of the Crime Operatives, which was a Philippine investigative docudrama program. Uh, so that <laughs> really I guess, was a TV show. <laughs> SoCo really the TV show. Um, you should see if you can get sponsored by some of this stuff. I guess we're on iHeart Podcasts. I guess if you search a SoCo show, it is mostly us. That's interesting. Anyway, sounds like we're in the clear. (laughs) Hopefully you don't get it taken down, though, because we're going to need that YouTube channel in just a couple of weeks. For the folks who aren't aware yet, um, two weeks from the release of this episode on September 17th, we've got the big live show. It's uh, it's a little bit belated, but it's our anniversary show. First ever live edition, uh, the SoCo show featuring Jay Buck uh, is going to be on on, uh, the YouTube channel over there at jared buckendall uh so make sure you're following make sure you're subscribed uh not only because you want to make sure and get notified of the upcoming live show but uh if jared does have to change his name to terry smith live featuring jared buckendall then you're gonna want to you're not gonna want to miss that so Mm, make sure you're you're over there getting notified of of uh of everything that he's got going on so like i said we've got a lot of stuff to get into you guys and i want to jump right in but before we do you know we got to start with some chic tweets i call you a punk Right, Seth, before you before you jump in, um, before we recorded this episode, I was on with um, a friend of ours named Mike who has a show, and he was interviewing me on that. Hass discusses is the name of the podcast uh, with Mike Hass, and so uh, I'm going to link to that in the description if you want to see Mike and my interview. It was a super fun experience, but one of my favorite um, uh, parts of it was uh, Mike was talking about our show, and. 
was talking about, oh, I like some of the segments that you guys do. And what he said was, you guys talk movies, you guys talk TV, you read some guy's tweets. I don't know who the hell that is, but it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm paraphrasing, but um, but it sounds like fo- folks out there are loving the chic tweets, Seth. I know it's one of our longest running bits, and yeah. and I'm sure after all that tee up, you've got uh, what I'm sure will will go down as a legendary chic tweet, since I've given you extra time to to go find one on the well, on the Twitter. Ironically, um, this one I had pulled up before. One of the few weeks that I remember to do it before, I probably, even on the live show, will forget until the last second to do it. So that's typically how I roll with the chic tweets. But I was looking, and so that actually brings... I have a chic tweet and then a chic thread uh, this week Ooh. as well. So uh, the, 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 the official chic tweet is, uh, hey, uh, asking for a friend, can you go fuck yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the 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 uh, chic thread is uh, it's pretty crazy. So there was a the, today um, jabroni was added to the uh, dictionary. So the word jabroni oh, was no added way. to the dictionary. Yeah, that's big and, news. Yeah, that's huge um, because Iron Sheik. Break that's yourself, that, fool! There you go. Um, that's because uh, that's Iron Sheik's one of his favorite words. But typically, as Cody, Cody, who is Jabroni typically associated with though in in wrestling? The Rock. The Rock, correct. Uh, he used to say Jabroni a lot. So um, this getting added to the dictionary had a lot of people on Twitter today um, pointing towards, "Oh, The Rock got a word in the di- dictionary." Um, for those who don't know, by the way, uh, Jabroni means that's slang for a stupid, foolish, or uh, contempt. Con- 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 what? Contemptible? Constipated. Contemptible. There we go. Contemptible. Person. A loser. That's <laughs> what it also says next to it. <laughs> they should have led with that. Yeah. Um, and so Iron Sheik sees this and The Rock getting credit and he says he, he's, he's going to go on a little bit of a rant. Um, he, so he uh, quote tweets the article and says, you know what I know? I make the jabroni the real word, Bubba. And then he he, uh, he quote tweets um, ESPN. Um, ESPN said dictionary added jabroni to its site, made popular by The Rock and Iron Sheik. And so yeah. Iron Sheik's oh Iron Sheik's still mad though because he he thinks it's just him. He says everybody know who is the real legend. Um, he then then goes I am the legend. Retweet. Let's make the word jabroni the trending, Bubba. And then somewhere along the lines, he snuck in a Pokemon, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And then, uh, and then dictionary.com tweeted, uh, yes, we put jabroni in the dictionary. We assume the rock could smell us cooking up this update the whole time. And Iron Sheet quote tweets that and says, jabroni dictionary. So show some respect for the word I make. I break your neck. You don't show who's the legend. Man, then, so he's in a fiasco now with the, the dictionary makers. Everyone, now the WWE tweets, uh, The Rock knows. The Rock says know your role and update your vocabulary. Dictionary.com announced jabroni as an official new word. And Iron Sheet quote tweets that and says, Bubba, don't make me suplex the whole locker room. Everybody know who make the word jabroni the real. <laughs> <laughs> and then he pulls, oh my a, gosh. <laughs> he pulls a clip. From he has a documentary where he talks about Javroni apparently in it, and he pulls a clip clip from that. So it's like a minute and ten second clip. It says, "Everybody know who make the word Javroni the real." You watch my movie and you see Bubba. And then finally, 
Um, actually, no, we have we have two more. Um, he tweets a picture of himself, um, but actually from back in the day, doing the camel clutch to The Rock when The Rock was a pretty young wrestler. Uh, not pretty and young, but pretty young. Um, mm-hmm. th- he, he tweets, the dictionary.com, the ESPN, the Bleacher Report. Please show the, the respect, otherwise I break all you jabronis' backs. And that's along with that picture <laughs> of him breaking the rocks back. And finally, um, The Rock tweeted today, uh, wow, very cool, honored action. Honored, he probably put two have a word, actually make the dictionary, making all my teachers very proud. And Iron Sheik says, respect, show the respect, Bubba, at The Rock. <laughs> and no one is no one is acknowledging the, the Sheik. After all this, no one's responding to him. Well, only, only ESPN slightly acknowledged Iron Sheik, and he was the least mad at them. That is fucking... I'm picturing him just... He's just screaming into the void and no one is hearing him. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He's like a a Republican. Um, But... uh, (laughs) Oh, zing! (laughs) Um, Yow! (laughs) I just... I love that he also snuck in a Pokemon Go Fuck Yourself. (laughs) Honestly, that... I didn't realize that that was in there, so as I was going through all these tweets, I saw that and I had to read it. (laughs) Yeah, Iron Sheik is the man. Well, jabroni is a real word, and you know what's going to happen to you if you uh, if you don't put the respect on the Iron Sheik's name, then you're going to get made humble. And The Rock is about to find that out the hard way. <laughs> um, I, don't, I, 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 I shudder to think what, what the Sheik is going to do to him, but it's going to be massive. Um, but yes, jabroni, give the credit where it deserves, where it deserves to be held with the Iron Sheik. I call you a punk. All right, let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com soco. All right, we got it. Um, Mathis Designs, head over to mathisdesigns.com for all not only your stationary and graphic design needs, but all sorts of other um, uh, phone cases, uh, uh, lots of screen printed. I, I, haven't, I haven't figured out what the new pitch is going to be, but there's lots of cool and pretty things. Tamagotchi. Oh, she has Tamagotchi on, covers? Yeah, uh, yep, yep, you'll yep. have to go to mathisdesigns.com, Jared, and find out. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She does not. No. Damn it. I don't know if you could get a wooden Tamagotchi, but if you could, the, the way to do it would be to go to etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your woodworked. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> All right. Um,. Big shouts out to our fourth and final sponsor as well. Let's go to a previously recorded ad here for Anchor. Alrighty, so links in the description box for our Anchor page. If you head out there, that's where you can become one of our Anchor wankers. Anchor wanker. Our- <laughs> anchor wanker. Uh, and if you oh, you an anchor wanker. If not, if you may- sign up now <laughs> to become an anchor wanker. <laughs> Trying to figure out who you're doing. I'm an anchor wanker. He sounds too. like he's like a like a, a animated hippopotamus or something. <laughs> oh. Hi, I'm a hippo. <laughs> and if you want to be cool, become an anchor wanker. <laughs> you definitely are wearing a hat too. <laughs> Look at my hat. Is it like it's got an anchor on it. <laughs> it's a sailing hat. Because I'm an anchor wanker. And if you want a cool accent like me, become an anchor wanker. 
You sound like if Jason Statham were evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jason Statham is an anchor wanker. There, you heard it here, folks. Jason Statham himself is one of our anchor wankers. Uh, we've gotten a lot of new anchor wankers lately, so um, we are we're holding on announcing them and doing our traditional uh, liquor shot until we uh, have a chance to do the live show in a couple of weeks. So again, that's nine seventeen at 8 p.m. Central. If you want to see a bunch of shots go down and see us shout out our anchor wankers, um, Wanka. become one and then join us on that live show. Um, if you're not an anchor wanker, that's okay too. Every click, every listen helps the show. So just keep sharing it with friends and keep coming back week to week and you're helping us out as well. So we certainly appreciate that. Speaking of uh, coming back week to week, that's our, our typical mode that, that the three of us are in uh, with regards to going to the movie theater. And now... Uh, all three of us over the course of this last week have had a chance to make our way back to the theater. We heard about Jared's experience at his local AMC um, last week on the show. And so why don't we start, Seth, with you? Um, you you've been waiting a long time to get back to your Marcus Theater uh, in Cedar Rapids there, where you and I have seen so many movies and, and done so many ride, rides home from. Uh, what was it like getting back to uh, what can only be described uh, as your, your second home, your home away from home? Uh, before we get there, why don't, for old time's sake, we just play the old movie sounder, since we're talking about movies. Yeah, let's do it. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank uh-huh. you. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, it was great being back there. It's still a little weird. Um I mean, obviously, with everything going on with the pandemic, everything you do now is kind of different and weird. Um, and but really sitting there with a mask on wasn't wasn't bad. I mean, um, maybe a little itchy at times, but I can handle that for, you know, sitting there and watching a movie. So um, that was pretty great. Also, my theater was damaged by the derecho that came in. And so... Um, there was basically ha- like 75% of the ceiling tiles were missing. So that was kind of weird seeing a movie like I used to in online when they just naturally were missing there at that theater. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, they, they were also going through some renovations and stuff like that too, while it was closed. And I think they just kind of with the storm and everything, they just kind of were basically, all right, we're going to get it operational and then work through everything. So it's still kind of in disrepair and weird. Like it's not, you guys definitely, or not definitely, but more than likely walked into a similar looking theater with some new, you know, like plexiglass and sanitizers and things like that. But similarly looking, and mine is really not looking at all the same, so it doesn't have quite the same feel. Um, but getting once once I'm inside the theater and all that, it's it's great to be back there. So feel plenty safe. Um, I've seen everyone wearing masks even during the movie, which is kind of my concern. Is I thought a lot of people take it off during the movie. Um, people are wearing it unless they're eating stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I feel perfectly comfortable going into the theater, you know, a thousand times, you know, until the pandemic, while the pandemic's still going on. Um, I don't have too much concern. So I, I had a good experience overall. Well, good. Yeah. Mine was pretty good too. I, I was, uh, I ended up not having my mask on for a lot of my movie because I was eating popcorn. Um, and I, and I I should back up. Um, so I've got the Regal Unlimited. And so if you're out there wondering, so my Regal Unlimited is telling me it's going to start charging me again next month in October. 
Um, but I was able to still use it to get my tickets, which was great. Um, so I, I saw a couple movies that we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later on, but, um, I was able to get in and, uh, basically the thing that was different for me was I didn't need to talk to anybody. Um, you know, I, I came in, uh, they booped me and then they just didn't <laughs> or, ordinarily they, they like make conversation with you. It's like, Hey, how you go? Oh, I can't wait to let me know how that one is. I'll, you know, I'll talk to you. On the way. But it was just boop and you're gone. You know, they didn't, didn't really, um, and I'm fine with that. I'm not, I'm not like for small talk. So, um, I was fine with that. And then but I also I got am to for order. Booping. <laughs> I, I don't mind getting booped. Like I'll get booped four or five times. I don't even care. Um, but once you boot me, let me leave. That's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to sit just, and talk about it. I just picture like them with like one of those scanners and they just go boop. <laughs> like, they, like they're like they're tapping you with a magic wand, but with the the, the, the scanner. Boop boop. <laughs> it feels like that's exactly what they're doing because I get to enjoy magic afterwards, and that's exactly what I did. I ordered, so here's the big change, is I was ordered to, I was able to get uh, my food ordered ahead of time. So I was ordered to get my food. I, they were like, well, you better fucking order your food or you're not getting booped. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I get my boop, no, boop and then please. I go. So what's going to be great about ordering the food is, again, I'm not going to have to talk. Uh, I'll just get to walk in and basically I'll just, I'll just walk in and I'll go, give me what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they'll have the corn and nems just waiting for me. Um, that I will say that didn't happen this time. This time it turns out there's another kiosk that is exclusive to online ordering and no one was like paying attention to it. So just because I, because of a couple lazy teenagers, I, I wasn't <laughs> waiting for me when I got there, but, um, once they realized what I was there for, they, they fixed me up right, and they were super apologetic about it. It was kind of funny, because I was, I was standing there waiting, and <laughs> And after I, I kicked in the door and screamed, give me what I want, <laughs> everyone looked really like, confused. Uh, what's this guy doing? And <laughs> so eventually I get their attention, and, and they, were, they were really apologetic. But for like, I don't know, five minutes or so, there was a line. Uh, so they were working through people who were physically there to make their orders also. And I'm standing there for like five minutes just not just stand there. And I was very patient. Um, I'm not in a hurry. I'm in a good mood getting ready to watch a film. And, um, it was funny watching the workers like one by one would notice me standing there for seemingly no reason. Like, I didn't know I ordered anything. And, and as far as they were concerned, I was just fucking standing over there by the napkins, watching them do their jobs. And I, they would, a couple of them would notice and they would do a double take. And then I'd see one of them like, say something to another one and then that person would look over at me and it happened like three or four times and then eventually a person was like yeah i checked that guy in they're like he's got hey why you standing there yeah like Quit get being the fuck weird. out of here dude you, want, you didn't pay to see us make popcorn you're watching did you wave at him <laughs> i would have no, waved at him because i was i was really for, well frankly i was under the influence and so i didn't I didn't want to draw attention. I didn't want to draw attention to myself. <laughs> so I was hoping they would see me and figure it out, and I wouldn't need to reveal my inebriation to them uh, in order to get what I wanted. So I'm like standing there. I'm probably like swaying a little. Like I was fucked up, you guys. Like, <laughs> I'm probably like swaying a little bit, just like looking like at the at the pictures of popcorn, probably drooling a little bit, and. 
they're all like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And then eventually they came over and were like, hey, do you have an order? And I was like, yeah, it's number six. It's this and that. And they were like, oh, shit. Okay. Look. And they made it up and, and they, got me on my they way. They walked you to your seat. <laughs> Here you go, yeah, sir. Yeah, they are like, this is you, sir. Don't move. We'll come get you after the show. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a whole thing. So I'm not sure which of us ended up looking dumber, um, me or them. But in the end, it was it was a fun laugh and... And I, I, I'm excited about that functionality. I think that mm-hmm. that's going to be really cool, um, getting to order ahead and then and then just grab it on the way in. It's going to save me time. Uh, as long as it works the way it's intended to, it'll save me time uh, <laughs> waiting in line because I like to show up at the last minute. Yeah, that's. But, um, um, I had a pretty similar, just to kind of add on that, I, I, I ordered a, a good old Marcus burger um, on uh, the first when I went back and um, kind of had a similar experience where because you ordered it order it on your app pick a time to pick it up and they're supposed to have it like on a in, at a specific counter but they didn't have it all set up yet um again it was still pretty um they, they rushed with everything they were doing so um i saw the next day they kind of set something up better but yeah i i think that once i use it more it'll be a little bit more functional but i think it i think it should work out pretty well totally. cool feature yeah the app itself i mean it's just cool to get to use the app itself and I know I'm getting all my points because it's in the app, um, you know. And you don't need to take out the card and have them boop the card again at the concessions <laughs> to get your points. It, it it saves a lot of time and effort, and I think it's going to really work out. So if anything positive has come out of all this, I think that I think making that more readily available in more places is going to end up being a, a nice bonus. Well, uh, that I mean, just that with deliveries in general, like I yeah, mean, DoorDash true. and Pizza Deli- like. If they, I that's I hope that stays forever. I hope I never have to interact with another delivery driver ever again. I can just, I can put, I can put all your, I can put your tips in in your in the app when we're done. I don't have to give you any separate money or sign anything. You just leave it on that goddamn front porch, and I'm gonna take it and eat it. I am, uh, I am 100 percent there for that. Usually, I am the guy that like. I don't order delivery. I'll order it to pick it up, carry out, because I don't want to deal with like that weird, like I'm holding the door open a little bit. You're kind of handing me a pizza, but I'm handing you the cash and signing the thing. Um, Seth, when you were here the other weekend, we got pizza. Literally, they just leave it on the doorstep, and I was like, I yep. might start doing this more often because I don't have to deal with anyone right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, like I hope that becomes normal because it's always been an option, I think, where you can have – like a no. Is there a checkbox that says "Please don't bother me"? <laughs> I think, <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone, bro. <laughs> I think there's always been that where though it's like delivery, you can choose to have them leave it. Um, but it's just not like a popular, popular. You know, it's not like advertised or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be something that's like a normal thing. Like I think people are going to expect that now. If people try like bringing it once everything's kind of passed, um, I like what if people start like trying to interact at the door. I think people are just going to look at their delivery person and be like, what are you doing? Like, leave it. (laughs) I hope that's, I hope that's how that stays. I just happened to be at the door. Um, when a Domino's showed up, like this was like two weeks ago. And so I'm standing there in the doorway and the guy walks up and he kind of stopped about 10 feet away from me. And he was like, do you want me to hand it to you or just like set it down? (laughs) And it, and it was a weird question, except that it wasn't, right? Like, it, that's a totally realistic thing to ask now. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just kind of I kind of covered my mouth up and grabbed it from him. But it was a strange interaction um, for that exact reason. And I think that's funny because I think in the past, if you asked, like, maybe not our parents so much, but our grandparents, 
the the conversation that they're going to have with you while they're buying some shit is important to them. Like that's good customer service is, oh, they asked me about my day and we talked about the weather while they were getting my popcorn. Mm-hmm. Our generation, certainly the three of us, do not fucking want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give us the least amount of contact possible. Just give me the shit and then let me leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that f- at least for people like us, uh, maybe that makes us introverts, I don't know. Um, you know what's but for funny? for people like us, what what you just said actually tees up a review or a tease of a review of mine later. Ooh, I like it. Uh-oh. That's intriguing. Intriguing. A nice little, nice little tease. It's just a tease. It's just going to tease it. So, yeah, I think that making the theater-going experience more streamlined is, is kind of what's happened, and, and mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Um, I did catch myself, because uh, I'll eat... I just like constantly eat popcorn and nems unless I finish it or the movie ends. So I didn't have my mask on for most of the movies I saw. Um, but it, I did catch myself in the middle of the movie like, oh my God, I'm without a mask. Like, should I put it on? And then I remembered, oh shit, you're eating. So just eat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think in a more full theater, I, I'd be a little bit more um, proactive about keeping it on like between bites and things. Mm-hmm. But there were only a couple people and we were pretty spread out. So I didn't feel the need to have it on constantly. And if I was at times when I was sitting there, like, you know, by the third act, typically I've, I've set the corn aside and, and by then, you know, I've got the mask on, but I think that's going to be an interesting thing is like, are people going to pay close attention and actually go by that rule? Uh, and I hope they do. And I, I have faith that people will, cause I feel like the people going to the theaters right now are the people who really want to be there. And so they're mm-hmm. going to do what they can to keep the experience available. So hopefully that continues. Um, Jared, I want to ask you because we talked last week and it sounded like you had a pretty pretty reasonable experience with your AMC theater last week. Um, and I don't know the details yet, but you alluded to having a very different experience over this last weekend. Tell me about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I think a lot of the uh, kind of precautions that a lot of theaters are using are what you guys kind of mentioned. I'm curious, uh, Cody, was or I guess both of you, were there buffer seats uh, like on the sides, in the front? Oh, how how do they do that? Yeah, so on Regal, what they do is um, when you go to buy seats in the app, you can see where someone where someone has bought a ticket, there's a little person there, which that's typical. That's, that's been the case for a long time. But then wherever there's a person, <clears throat> on either side of them, there's, I think, two black seats. And so wherever you buy a seat it blocks out two seats on either side of you and those are unavailable for the next person to buy. So oh. I think it's a perfect setup. Um, all I think half the rows were blocked off in addition to that precaution. Um, and so there was one showing I didn't get to sit in the seat that I, I like I typically sit in. Um, but the app purchasing in app made it made that really easy because you can see what's a person and what's a buffer seat and that was really really nice. mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So my theater experience, I went to a different one, Fridley. Um, I think it's kind of in Iowa and a few theaters in Nebraska, Minnesota, kind of around Iowa. Um, but walked in, you know, where they, you know, boop ya. Um, they had a big uh, <laughs> spit guard up there as well. Um, yep. Uh, I don't know. I didn't order food. I'm not one of those people that orders a lot of food. I, you know, this one is one that's like kind of a dine-in theater um, for half of it. So I don't even know if they're doing that. Um, that's that's a whole different thing that I'll have to figure out. But uh, the weird thing is, I, I guess I walked in. You know, they have all of the uh, water fountains 
like roped off so you're not drinking from those half the bathrooms were closed and then half the urinals and like stalls just had like caution tape over them so you're like not yeah you know pissing by someone else yeah um tons of uh hand sanitizer but the one thing is um i don't know about your guys's theaters but drinks um a lot of them now have kind of that like coke remix or a machine where you go and get your own fountain drink mm-hmm. they had that whole section roped off and one employee was you'd walk over with your cup oh, tell them what you wanted tell them if you wanted ice and they'd fill it up for you and stuff which i kind of understand but that seemed like a lot of work um <laughs> yeah and then they also have, you know, the arrows of like, hey, you're entering here, you're exiting here. But yeah, I saw someone literally, I'm, I, I had to double take because I'm like, so the person, one of the two people probably that used to take tickets is now serving up soda over there. Um, but then after the movie, and, and again, uh, I guess when I was watching the movie, there's the buffer seats. So there was two open seats next to me. Um, so I had essentially a whole, you know, I could have made a fort where I was staying, which was awesome. But when I was walking out of the movie theater, I was surprised because, you know, sure, they have employees come in and clean up um, after movies, you know, in the olden days, you know, six months ago and whatnot. But they were, like, in there before everyone was, like, right when the movie got done, they were in there and they had hand sanitizer or the, the spray bottles of sanitizer and they were cleaning off every single seat. So wow. I'm, I'm curious how much time between showings they have because it seemed like they're like, oh, we got to get this done because if we don't start now we won't be done by the next time the showing starts so at least they're cleaning and again this movie theater has been open for a month um plus so i'm curious if they've kept that momentum or this was kind of their first big showing because you know uh tenant finally came out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah ours um here they do well I, the the thing that i wish they did here that you guys do um it, it automatically blocks out seats next to you guys ours doesn't it's just like there's every seat's a love seat type thing um that come down comes the armrest comes down in the middle so you can do single seats but it keeps so if i when i buy not if but always when i buy my one seat the other one to me is that's next to me is still open someone could buy it i haven't had that happen yet um, but that's a possibility um, in the future. So that's something that's an extra worry that I have. Otherwise, though, then there's a love seat to e- either side that's empty. So I could like move over one or something if I needed to. But also what they do, though, which I think saves them time and is smart, is um, they put tape over all the seat. Like uh, there's like this tape covering thing. It has like it says like this seat has been sanitized and cleaned. Um, and then like they um, tape it over the both seats and then so in order to to sit down you have to move it out of the way so then they know Mm. which ones have been used Um, oh so then then they can just go clean that specific seat and then probably the armrest and stuff next so so kind of like a wet floor sign but it's just sitting on the that that love seat yeah it's like a little thing it's like a laminated thing with tape on each end that sits so then you just have to move it out of the way Hmm. is that what they told you when you went in was like, hey, you're going to find this sign, tear it off no, and set it on the floor or whatever. Or did you just rip a sign off? A t- <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw that someone else had done it, too. So I, I figured it was fine. Plus, on the I think on the thing, it says move, move out of the way. So oh, word. I just I guess that it. makes more sense than sitting on it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah in mine, 
we had it similar to Jared's. Like when I walked out of the theater, um, and our folks waited a little bit into the credits before they were getting ready, but there was a brigade, brigade of like two or three people with a cart and some sprays, and and they were masked up and everything, and it looked like they were gonna go in there and either wage chemical war or clean the auditorium. But it it looked it was enough to make me feel like they're doing a good job in there. Yep. Yeah, and then um, do you guys have like hand sanitizers? Hand sanitizers outside of each theater? Yes, they added them. Okay, because yeah, they did ours too. They they put like a little stand up, and the hand sanitizer they have. So it, it comes out. Uh, it comes out of the the. Uh, it's like a ketchup thing. It comes like comes really quick out of there, and it smells like tequila, which <laughs> is not the most. Like I've had a hand sanitizer smell like vodka many times, and I don't mind that. But tequila is not my smell, and uh, it, it it's not great. And it's just so much of it. It's like it just soaks your hand. It's it's. They need to figure out their their dispensing system there. But they, then they also added these foot. Um, hold it like a uh, foot grips so you can open the door with your foot too which is kind of nice i love those those things yeah. are awesome mm-hmm. so yeah a lot of, lot of good precautions a lot of good precautions and stuff like that i like i said i feel pretty safe going to the theater um the the only thing i worry about with too with the food is that they do kind of i think they're they're put it like out a little bit so you could grab it and i'm afraid of like people and i know people wearing masks but i'm like it's just sitting out there someone could feasibly put their mask out down or be stupid and sneeze on it you know that's a worry mm-hmm. i guess if it's just sitting out there but i mean it is what it is yeah yeah having that area kind of secluded and mine is mine is in an area where if i'm thinking of it i i, I know i could see my food but i i think i need to ask someone to hand it to me mm-hmm. and so it prevents that and that and someone just fucking walking off with my corn and saying <laughs> yeah. six um so it was good. It was for me. It was interesting. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this too, Seth. And, and Jared talked about it last week. But you know, sitting there for the first time watching a movie again, uh, it it was weirdly for me. Uh, New Mutants was the first thing I saw. And we'll talk about the movie itself later. It was weirdly not weird at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's because and it's it was in IMAX, but the whole thing was just very normal. It was just mm-hmm. like riding a bike. But once I got in there and sat down, it was like nothing. It was like time hadn't passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fun. It was cool in that way. Like I just felt at home in a way where I didn't need like an adjustment period. I was just ready for it. Was that the same for you? Yeah, pretty much the same. I mean, there, there was a couple of, um, like, uh, you know, talking about the pandemic, like little things they do, um, like little, I don't know, clips or whatever. Um, and then Marcus talking about getting back to the theater and, and, you know, everyone being strong and that stuff. So I was like, oh, that's nice. And, but yeah, I didn't really... I, it didn't have as strong of a reaction as I thought I would going back to there. And part of it feels too, though, like, honestly, I feel like it's temporary. I don't think they're going to stay open that long. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think the only, I mean, obviously cases are still terrible when it comes to Corona, but like nothing else is really coming. I mean, Wonder Woman is on, I guess, still coming out, but like tenant was kind of what i mean ten, they literally opened the theaters up, back up because tenant was coming like mm-hmm. christopher nolan said okay tenant's coming out and there really isn't anything else like that in the next few months other i guess other than wonder woman but again who knows if that comes out yeah um that is going to keep theaters open, keep theaters open or uh, get a lot of people i mean they have been open for a month or so in some places and seem to be doing okay to at least stay open but i'm sure they're still still showing a bunch of classics and 
I mean, yes, there's a lot of movies you could potentially show at the theater that you can maybe deem classics or do like um, fest, like quote like mini festivals or show like theme movies. Like you could do stuff like that, but how long does that last until you you know get into somewhere in 2021? And now we finally have movies again. So yeah, I think I don't know. Seth, I think you're right. Where it's just like wh- I don't think that with those classics, those throwbacks, that's going to generate enough income um, for them to feasibly stay open. Um, yeah, like you're saying, Wonder Woman. There's a hint or a rumor that there's going to be a new uh, No Time to Die trailer, and they might change the date on the end of it. Uh, some people in the movie theater, you know, that the actually work at the theaters claim that there might be a different date on that. So that one could move from November as well. Um, one funny thing that I forgot to mention was this movie theater that I went to, Fridley, they didn't have any updated trailers. So they all had dates like April 2020, May 2020, <laughs> and every time it got to that last like title uh, date, everyone in the la- theater started laughing. <laughs> um, that actually sounds kind of nice, <laughs> or funny at least. Yeah. So I guess like it felt it it didn't. I guess sitting there, it feels it felt normal and it felt it felt good being there, but it also feels temporary. It doesn't feel. Mm like fully back and so i just have that feeling so i don't know i mean i don't know anything i haven't heard any news about it but um you know it is what it is also um there was a dune i don't know if you had this jared there was a dune teaser baby teaser yeah dune teaser and that is saying that a trailer's coming out in the ninth apparently um like a full trailer of dune so get a little get a, a little look at dune ahead of time with uh timothy shamalima ding dong mm-hmm I'll go early for that. I definitely want to see the Dune footage, um, which actually leads me to the next question I had. So for each of you guys, you went to the theater for something besides Tenet, and then mm-hmm. you went for Tenet. Was mm-hmm. it different when it was a big blockbuster like Tenet versus like something like Unhinged or something smaller that, that you were going to see? Did that? Did you feel that differently than maybe your first time back? Was it just the, the large movie? Was that any different? Hmm. Nah, I mean, there, there's always something uh, different. Like, you're, depends on what you're going to, to see. I mean, I always have a different feeling based off of like what I'm going to expect. So, you know, if I'm, mm. I'm looking for a, an independent movie, I'm looking, you know, I'm trying to get like maybe a more, um, you know, sad or introspective feeling. Or with a, like a Christopher Nolan movie, I'm looking to get get mind fucked. Um, <laughs> so I have, I, I, uh, I, I have, you know, that. You know, I had the action movie, like, blockbuster feel, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, I had a different feeling, but nothing different than normal, I guess. Yeah, right. I mean, right. the only thing different was, you know, this one was an IMAX, uh, kind of at most... I don't know, I think New Mutants would hit different, because it was like, I was waiting three-plus years for it. Um, mm-hmm. But different theater, that's about it. For me, like, I had an enjoyable time on Saturday afternoon seeing a double feature, but... Thursday, um, the day this podcast releases, is the day I'm going to see Tenant, and I'm still very, very much excited for that. It feels like, feels like the first time, and I don't know. I, I hope that it's not like full of people in the theater, right? Just because of distance distancing, but I do think that's the part of it that I still will miss is 
you know, when I went in the to the theater to watch Endgame, and I know Endgame doesn't, you can't really compare it to other things, but like the buzz around a theater when there's people, maybe there are people coming out of a show going, oh wow, it's cool, or or people in the in the lobby are like, wow, we can't wait to see it, or maybe someone's in cosplay if it's like something really huge. Um, that that'll be something I actually do miss. I, I again, I hope that it, the crowds aren't that huge because I think they'll need to close the theater if they are, but. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be the thing I think that I miss about a blockbuster. And I know we just talked about not wanting to see anybody, but the, the atmosphere that comes with something that's really highly anticipated is, is the thing that, um, that I'm really excited about. And I hope, I hope my showing of Tenet has some people in it because as much as I want to see it, I don't, I don't really want to see it by myself. You know, I want to, want to see it with some other people who are enjoying it. So we'll see, um, what my crowd size is like, but did you, so you guys were at Monday night early previews where it was, it was attendance big for tenant or, or were you still one of only a few? Uh, some, I mean, somewhat full, probably 30 people total in there. Oh, okay. For, That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised. Um, I guess I was a little surprised because I don't know the, the casual fan, I, I guess I just don't understand sometimes. Cause it's like, they might know what tenant is. They, that they might not, they just, maybe they're just going out to the movie theater for a date night i don't know um but definitely more people than uh what was at new mutants yeah i've seen there have been a handful of tickets purchased for my tenant showing which is like a 7 p.m thursday night imax so of course it's gonna have people in it but i'll have to see i'll have to see so we are uh we're making our way back into the theater and we're all digging it so if you're if you're at a marcus or a or a fridley or an amc or a, a regal uh, it sounds like if your if your location is as good as ours, then you can feel pretty good and feel safe about getting back and seeing some movies on the big screen for the first time in a long time. Well, certainly, it's a welcome welcome return uh, for all of us, and we're gonna keep talking. Uh, uh, we've got a couple things to cover before we get to reviews, but all the reviews that we're gonna talk about, with exception to one, are movies we watched in theaters, which is very exciting. So if you're out there. Uh, and you've had a theater experience and you want to tell us about it, hit us up at SoCo Show Pod on Twitter or on Facebook. Tell us your story and maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about it on a future episode. Or you can always leave us a voicemail uh, by clicking on that anchor link in the description box and uh, tell us how it was for your first time back in the Yo movie. Wanka. Yo wanka. <laughs> All right. Well, from there, we are going to jump into lots of things to review this week. So uh, let's start with uh, with me. I had a little bit of homework to do for this week's We Missed the Boat. Oh, I'm on a boat, and you're going to need a bigger boat. So my We Missed the Boat, I spoiled it for you guys earlier. We usually keep them a secret. Um, I finally watched Bad Education on HBO. So this was... Um, this was the most recent addition to my list uh, from Seth back on my last turn, and it was one I jumped on right away because that's one I was wanting to see. Um, Hugh Jackman, Allison Janney are kind of the main draw here. Um, Ray Romano plays an interesting part, and then uh, Geraldine uh, Viswanathan, I think is how you say it, um, who you saw in Blockers last year. Um, she plays a key role in this too. So. Uh, for those who may have forgotten, Bad Education is a Long Island school district that uh, essentially there's some uh, some embezzlement or some money laundering happening, and it's about how that gets uncovered and who's responsible and what happens to them. And it's very interesting. Uh, Hugh Jackman is cool in this. He's a superintendent and very much, you guys, I think, made a comparison of him in The Front Runner to him in Bad Education, and I think that is perfect. 
Um, he is the, it's funny cause he's an Australian, but he is the perfect American politician. Like he's got the, the hair just right. He's got the chiseled jaw. He's got the voice that like instills confidence and the, all of that, that was present in the front runner is present again here in bad education. He's so charismatic and all the parents love him and they're doing such a great job with the education system at this school they're ranked like number four in the nation and everything is going great so no one thinks to look at the financial finance reports and so when someone finally does some problems come out so uh it's an interesting movie what i realized about two-thirds of the way through this movie and it's something i always knew but i formalized this thought in the middle of this movie i fucking love Movies about investigative journalism. Mm. They're, they, they might be my favorite like genre of movie because every time I see one that's well done, and I'm sure there's some crappy ones, but every, si- every time I see a movie with investigative journalism done right, it is awesome. And I loved Bad Education <laughs> because that's exactly what this is. The interesting part about it is the Geraldine uh, Viswanathan character is a high schooler for the high school paper, and she's doing the expose work. Uh, while at the same time, some of the authorities are, are discovering things as well. Um, so this was great. I mean, if you're into that type of movie, uh, most recently I was thinking about uh, Dark Waters from last year with Mark Ruffalo. Uh, kind of similar to that, where it's one of those cases where you're like, really? There are fucking people doing this? Robbing from a school? <laughs> and and you get the scumbaggery of it all, and then you get this other person who is... Who is scumbaggery? Scumbaggery. Uh, You know who does not engage in uh, in scumbaggery is the Anchor Wankers. Anchor Wanker. You are not scumbags. (laughs) So that idea of like I know this thing, and I am therefore in trouble because I know what I'm not supposed to know. Potentially, do people know that I know this? Do I need to keep it a secret? Can I make this public and still be safe myself? And I think that's a fascinating part of those movies, and that's present here as well. Um, I love this. I thought it was great. I thought it was... Uh, it's based on a true story, which always um, kind of adds to the to the sting of these. But if you're into that type of movie at all, if you like Dark Waters or a Spotlight or something similar, uh, this fits right in there. The stakes are a little bit smaller. Um, there's, there's not necessarily lives on the line like there are in some of those other films, but it's interesting to see it applied to this setting, uh, the setting of a, of a school district. So, uh, this was great. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, I liked the cast. I thought it was well acted. I thought it was well edited. Um, I thought the length was perfect. It came in, I think just under two hours, which mm-hmm. was just right for me. Um, this is a home run, a great recommend. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. If you, if you like my type of movies and if you like, you know, certainly those journalism type movies, you got to go check this one out. It's on HBO. I got nothing else. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boop. Boop. So I don't got nothing else. That's I, you, you covered it thoroughly and I agree with you. Um, it's since it came out this year, it's in my top 10, I think still for this year. Um, Wait, that came out this year. Yeah. It came out during the pandy, man. That feels like 10 <laughs> years <Pandy>. ago. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're really close to calling it Panchies if you're going to call it Pandy. <laughs> oh, no, not Panchies. Ponch. I want to know. People, write in, call in. If you have a Poncheros or a Pancheros, do you call nope. it Panchies? I want to no. know. People call it Ponch. Yeah. No, it's we, Panchies. We need to settle. Because set, 
Seth and I would never call it Panchies because we respect it too much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, Jared seems to think it's called. Pa- so if, if you get us on Facebook or on Twitter at Soko Show Pod, we can put this to bed because I just yeah, it's not what I. I just don't want to order food from a place called Panchies. It sounds like a, <laughs> why not, man? I don't know. I don't know if I or if I do. It's, Panchies it's, and it's, tickling it's, Freds. <laughs> oh God. Freds. If I'm ordering from a place called Panchies, I want to know that it's like a shitty hole in the wall that like barely passed the food inspection, but still somehow has great food. Like that's what I picture when I think about Panchies. You're like, is that dirt or ground beef on my tacos? I can't tell. (laughs) Exactly. I don't care. It's delicious. That's Panchies. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. But uh, yeah, let us know if if you're in agreement with Jared. Maybe I mean maybe Seth and I are the fools. I don't know. But uh, let us know. Let us know on Facebook and on the tweets what you guys think. Um, also what you think of bad education let me know if uh, if you guys like that one as well but for now Seth I've got a list of four movies I'm looking at and it needs a filler here <laughs> oh god um, so this is one that we tried watching um, and it was like on a Sunday when we were living together um, we tried watching it we started it I rented it and we had like eaten a bunch of food and probably had beers all day because that's what we used to do on Sundays was like watch movies or YouTube videos and get drunk all day. Um, and so that that's what we had done that day. And so we never finished it because we fell asleep in like 20 minutes um, and woke up at like 12 p.m. both in, on the couch um, <laughs> just like hands in our pants drooling. Because... <laughs> in our own pants. In our yeah. own pants, respectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we, we actually, we were crossing arms and had our hands in the other person's pants. It was pretty cute. Um, oh. I, I got, uh, we, we have a painting of it. Um, that was my going away <laughs> present that I gave to Cody was, uh, I had, I actually had someone come into the room and paint it like right there in person. They didn't do it off a picture. So while we were sleeping, someone did that painting. It was pretty impressive. Um, That's awesome. I'm a lucky man. (laughs) Um, But anyway, uh, this movie is Wall Street. Um, Just to. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) I forgot you were going to arrive at a movie at the end of that. Yep. You got there. Um, Wall Street. Because, yeah, I don't know if you remember that, but we tried watching it and we were both asleep. I do remember this. I felt bad later because you paid to rent it. Um, mm-hmm. And you've spoken highly of this. I, I did see the sequel, Money Never Sleeps, with uh, Shia LaBeouf and, and enjoyed it. So this is one, um, Gordon Gecko. ten times better. Yeah, I, I'm told that by by you and others. So I'm excited. Wall Street is uh, is joining the crew here. You just made the list! See old Charlie Sheen and uh, uh, Michael Douglas, is that right? Yep. As, yep. The, as Gordon Gecko, big time iconic character i love it i love it mm-hmm. wall street on the list Greed uh, spoiler he's not an actual gecko what never mind <laughs> never mind and uh, charlie sheen's it. character his name's bud fox he's not a fox <laughs> what <laughs> Loser. this movie sucks but he does have tiger blood oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> that's my tiger Wow. Okay, so we got. Uh, I'm we back got... here to promote the anchor page. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, bad education checked off the list, and Wall Street getting added. Um, so I've got those. Uh, I've got that movie among others to review when my turn is next. But Seth, we kick back to you now. What are you looking down the barrel of for your next five movies here? 
Um, I don't know if I'll be able to watch it next week because we uh, we got a got a uh, trip coming up for our, our fantasy football league. So I don't know if I'll be able to fit one in before we record next. Um, but if I do, it'll be Overlord, Training Day, Lock, Rounders, and Minority Report. Man, that's a good list. <laughs> it's a great list yeah. of movies. I and and I wouldn't recommend any of them for the plane. I was gonna say I was gonna like I was listening. I'm for not on a plane. That one on the plane. Oh yeah, you're driving. I forgot about that. Well, I'll be on a plane. In the plane. Um, so keep an eye out for those. Um, Jared, we've stopped assigning Jared. Jared's got his list, and he'll 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 see one when he's ready. Um, but uh, he doesn't need our help plowing his way through a thousand movies a month. And <laughs> Jared's great at plowing. Channel, so. I'm good at plowing. Yeah. movies. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, we're done plowing through this week's edition of We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and you're gonna need a bigger boat. Alrighty. Well, let's move on from. Uh, well, that was a 2020 movie, Bad Education. But let's get into some brand new ones. Here are the reviews for this week. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right, y'all, six movie reviews coming down the pipe at you here. Uh, let's start with The New Mutants, which Jared saw last week, gave his review, but Seth and I have now seen, um, to refresh our memory in case you forgot over the last three years, um, New Mutants <clears throat> features a group of teenagers kind of coming of age, going through uh, what, what to me seems like very late stage puberty for most of these individuals. Um they are manifesting in their mutant powers, and they're um, taken to a hospital, quote-unquote, question mark, um, where they're meant to be taught how to manage their powers. And uh, a lot of horror elements, a lot of uh, superhero elements, a lot of teen coming-of-age elements in this. And for me, Seth, New Mutants was exactly fine. I, I think Jared had <laughs> it perfectly last week when he said, New Mutants is a movie. Like yeah, it's a movie. Um, you know, it, it was uh, if it came out when it was meant to, um, I think I would have had the same opinion. Like yeah, it was cool. It was creative. Yeah. Um, I liked the new setting. I, I think superheroes in a horror setting was really cool, and I thought that the way that they did that, the reasons they gave for why this was a spooky movie, um, worked for me. Uh, it was short. I, I, I agree with Jared from last week. I think it could have stood. Um, to add a little bit of runtime to flush out some things and make me care a little bit more about each character individually. But in terms of uh, powers, in terms of the action, and then just the overall presentation of this movie, with a few minor nitpicks, um, I, I enjoyed this one. Uh, I thought it was a thumbs up. And, and I don't think that's too much of my first movie back bias talking. I think this is a, this is a squarely... I'll say uh, I'll say decent to good is where I'm putting it. Uh, how do how do you rate this one? Yeah, I mean I'd say probably about the same. It was it was fine. Um, you know, didn't didn't blow me away by any means. Um, it was uh, it was fun. It was fun enough. I didn't think it was particularly scary, which for me, you know, being someone who was a little scaredy cat with horror movies, um, I thought it probably wouldn't be too scary for most people. So I don't know. Um, so it didn't really have like it never really leaned too far in one direction. It didn't like lean mm-hmm. too far to a horror movie or lean too far to a superhero movie. Um, so maybe in some ways, and I think that maybe maybe it was like more of a horror movie before when it was not owned or not in the Disney camp. So maybe it was one thing before the other. Like 
I don't know. It'd be interesting to, interesting to see how the edits changed over time um, with with being delayed for three years. But, yeah, I mean, it was fine. That's about it. I'm, I'm curious. Were you guys um, kind of surprised by some of the stuff in the third act that, you know, we hadn't gotten in the 34 trailers that we had seen? That was a highlight for me, was by the time the third act came around... There were, I think there were one or two stills that, um, uh, you know, that are present in that third act. But in general, I had no idea really, other than it's new, it's young mutants in a scary place. I didn't really know like what the drama, what the plot, what the through line was going to be. And so when they, that's why I say I, I liked the reasons they gave and why. And then when those things um, become... The, when the third act shows up and you can action your way out of what's happening here, which I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that that's what they end up doing here. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought the third act played out really nicely. And w- I think if I was going to add time, it would be in the in maybe the first or second act just to get more uh, time with the characters, just to get more um, settled into them. But I thought the third act worked really well. Uh, I thought the, the powers that they used... Um, were interesting in that they're just learning them. And so they're kind of half applying their powers to these different situations. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy's character was a really interesting one for me. Her power set was uh, was interesting. And I, I would like to see more of her. I really hated her accent. That was one of the small bugaboos that I had. <laughs> but she, uh, she drives a lot of the action in the third act. And I thought that that was really cool. So I, I thought the, the conclusion of this, I thought was pretty dope. I think... Where I'm mentioning I would add would have been earlier in the movie, but the third act, I thought they, the action elements I thought worked really well here. Agreed. Agreed. There you go. I think generally speaking, you know, this is one, it's coming in uh, 33% from critics and 53% from the audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. And honestly, that seems right. Uh, it's not one I expect the critics to, critics to love. And if half of the audiences like it, I think that's a win for New Mutants. I think this is something that they, um, probably weren't counting on making much off of. So if, you know, if half of people enjoy it, I think that's, that's a victory. So um, New Mutants, after all this time, gets a, uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> from all of us. Yeah, okay. Uh, from the New Mutants, we roll on, and uh, let's talk about another movie that's already been reviewed on the show. Um, Jared saw this movie. This is Unhinged uh, from a week or two ago. And Jared had seen this, given his review, said that uh, that it was enjoyable. You have off the off the rails, um, unhinged, if you will, <laughs> uh, version of Russell Crowe. Seth, did you spot that? Did you enjoy your time with Unhinged, seeing it in the theater? Oh, you can definitely spot Russell Crowe because he is a balloon in this one. Whoa! Uh, <laughs> Are you not entertained by me covering the full screen? <laughs> Man, he's gotten big. Um <laughs> but no, I mean, I agree with, with uh, pretty much everything Jared said um, with that movie. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a pretty intense um, ride that you're taking on there. Um, definitely glad I saw this in the, in the theater. Jared, is this something you'd go back? Because I know you saw it at home. Would you consider going back to the theater to watch it? I, I think I would. This this would be one I'd want to see in the theater because mm-hmm. the big sound and seeing some of the scenes on the big screen um, would would probably benefit it. Yeah, uh, the it's definitely like a big loud. I mean, I saw it in the in the big the the big theater with the the loud sound and everything like that. So, 
um, yeah, it's it's it definitely a fun one to see in the theater. Um, some some pretty intense moments, some like kind of um, you know like your thriller type moments when you don't know you know something's about to happen but you don't know what type of thing. Um, some brutal stuff that happens in terms of like gore and stuff like that. Um, and uh, you know it's a it's a pretty uh, shallow story. I mean, there's there's there there's motivations for why what's happening is happening, but it's really it doesn't. At, at the end of the day, it's like some of the stuff seems like maybe it's a little far fetched, or um, basically the maybe even some of the plots a little far fetched in terms of like how far they how far Russell Crowe would get in certain <laughs> situations without being fucking shot or arrested or something. Um, so it, you know, it, it's it's a little bit of a, of a, a story that's kind of stretched thin, <laughs> um, and there's just not a whole lot of substance to it. Um, but otherwise it, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a definition of like, like Jared said, the definition of a, of a summer movie. It's, it, it's a fun one just to go for an hour and a half and check out. I think I'm gonna, it, cause you've both said similar things about it being a more rewarding watch. I, I am going to go try and see this in the theater. We're going to review another movie in a second that I saw as part of a double feature. Um, and I, I would frankly rather have seen unhinged in that spot. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, I think I'm going to try to get out to that soon. I, I, I imagine it's going to be playing for a while since it's one of very few movies out right now. So this is one you guys have convinced me. I'm, I'm going to go try to check this out uh, in the in the big, loud theater. Let's talk about... Well, I just teased it. Let's talk about it now. Uh, the, personal, uh, the personal history of David Copperfield. So this is um, the director of this, Iannucci... Uh, was recently um, the last movie that that he came out with that was popular was Death of Stalin, which has gotten a lot of positive reviews. A lot of people really enjoy that one. I know Seth enjoyed that one um, at some point in the last 12 months and reviewed it for this show. Um, His follow-up with uh, Personal History of David Copperfield is based around, from what I understand, it's based directly around a novel by the same name, Mm -hmm. and it features uh, Dev Patel, as David Copperfield, which was the reason I went. I just was like, oh, it's it's a Dev, Dev Patel movie? Sure, fuck it, I'll go. Didn't I didn't give much thought to it besides that. Um, what you end up seeing, and I'm going to ask Seth to fill in a lot of the blanks, because frankly, I I, I did not track this movie well. Yeah, and me neither. <laughs> I even, at, one, at one point, I even nodded off in this. Um, I was... Uh, before I get into that, though, some of the highlights here. Dev Patel is super fucking charming in this. Um, he's he's as adorable as he always is. You you want to root for him. The movie in general is also very charming in its color palette. It's it's kind of poppy mm-hmm. with its with its bright little colors and its music, and it moves through the first act. I really thought I was going to enjoy this movie in the first act because I was like, oh, this is a vibe I like. It's positive. Uh-huh. It's light. It's yeah. happy. And then, man, they slam the brakes on you in the second act. And ultimately for me, what the biggest problem was is that there wasn't to me a very clear through line. There wasn't, there wasn't a, this is the plot. Um, this is the mission. This is the problem. It was just kind of moving through some scenes for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then in the end there, there's some, some things they need to tie up, but for a very long time to me, it seemed they were just going from cute scene to cute scene. And after a while, they just they just ran me out of my tolerance for that. And eventually I got bored. And then I started to lose focus between the second and third acts when they're trying to set up what's going to be important in the third act. And so I don't know if it was just the structure or if it was maybe an editing issue because there was parts of this I really liked. And the overall, 
tone and vibe and, and the cast I thought was really enjoyable here, but they just lost me somewhere in the middle. I don't know, Seth, mm-hmm. if you have more of a, if you have a better idea of what it was than me, but did, did you make it past what I did or when did you, when did this one start to lose you? Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. The the whole, I mean, it, it, there's a shitload of exposition at the beginning, um, <laughs> yeah. just like a shitload of it. It's it's an <laughs> it's an intense amount of exposition, um, and I mean that's really the whole movie. It feels like though too. So I mean, I was, I don't know. I was I was catching on as as they were going, but yeah, I wasn't super. Like you said, it it has, it has the like, whimsy almost to it at times where whimsy, it's like yes. It almost it, like it feels fantastical with some of the shots they do, and they have things where like he's watching his his young self do stuff. So like he's kind of like the grown up Deb Patel, the grown up David Copperfield is watching the the young like ten year old do stuff, and it's like oh okay. And then there's like a scene where I don't I can't remember specifically, but there's just like the the environment around him is like changing, and almost looks like it's in a book, and so like stuff like that. They 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 add like stuff that's not there in the real world, but then the majority of it takes place in just like a normal world. So it just doesn't feel like it, like it could have been way more of a fun movie. It could have been fun and enjoy, not enjoyable. Cause it was, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't exciting. I don't know. It was, it just, it, it's not my style of movie. I went to it. And I'll always go to these movies if they get good reviews. Like that's just kind of how I go see movies. Mm-hmm. If, if it gets a good review, I'm going to go see it. But I'll, I, it's it's very rare that I enjoy, a like a eighteen hundred seventeen hundreds British movie, like a a historical movie like that, especially in England, and um, it, it's it's just I don't know, it's it's rare that I enjoy British movies in general, I guess, but especially those old time movies, like it's just not my it's not my thing. I'm still gonna go see them, but it's just not something I typically enjoy, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think you have the pull quote. Um, and what you just said, it's not bad. It's just not exciting. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's it most just, British it didn't have, movies like that. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. It, it just didn't have a th- anything to really bite into or grab and, and keep mm-hmm. you, uh, keep you focused. And, but you know, that said, uh, if, if this is in your wheelhouse, if this is the type of film you enjoy, and especially if you like Iannucci, um, which I'd only seen this and I had started to watch Death of Stalin and I didn't make it through Death of Stalin either. I, I know, Seth, that you liked that one and it's one that I a feel bit, like yeah. I want I want to like. But in both of those cases, I just got bored. And I'm wondering if maybe Iannucci is just not for me and that mm-hmm. may be the case. But but for folks who, who are in that wheelhouse and are looking for something, Wheel. this may be right for you. It just wasn't right for Seth and I. So that's kind of where we ended up. Seth, I'm going to keep you going here for one more um, because you saw another movie in the theater this weekend. Theater. This is one of those cases where I don't know anything about this movie, so I can't really set you up. (laughs) Yeah. um, So it's a movie called Words on Bathroom Walls, and a no, as as Cody and Jared have both pointed out, is not a porno. It's not a pornographic (laughs) film. Nice. It's. uh, I said it's not, Jared. Glory hole, baby. Nice. (laughs) Nice. 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 Oh my nice. god. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Holy I got shit. a lot of nices. Dude, I like that. <laughs> Christ almighty. That was a good uh collection of nice. Good god. <laughs> um no, it's uh it's 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 a movie actually about mental health and uh <laughs> so don't you guys feel like shit. 
Um, Hilarious. <laughs> and uh, schizophrenia uh, mostly is what it what it focuses on. But stars Charlie Plummer uh, and Taylor Russell. They're the two main leads here. It also has Walton Goggins, who is Uncle Baby Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Walking around the house with a pickle in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so yeah, Uncle Baby Billy's in this one, and uh, Anna Sophia Robb is also in this as well. But uh, Charlie Plummer, um, he has he's the he's the kid with um, schizophrenia, and the way they kind of show it in this in this movie is that he kind of he he started off young and was hearing voices, um, and he started like cooking and kind of some like just basically something his mind would focus on. So he'd drown out the voices. And as he got older, um, the voices started to get louder and then eventually he started seeing people. And so the, Anna, like for example, Anna Sophia Robb is one of those characters that she's like this flower girl from like the sixties is kind of like about peace and love and stuff. And then there's a few other characters. Um, there's like one who's like a thug who will like threaten to beat up all the people who, are like being mean to him and there's a like a a stoner best friend type guy um so like there's different uh different people that he sees and can talk to and stuff but so those characters are like in the scenes with um real life people and they're kind of like talking to him and so it's kind of like a fun little um banter that they have um throughout the movie when when they're there and stuff but um again it's showing him with um, with schizophrenia and kind of the challenges of having that. Um, he basically at, in this movie, he discovers he kind of early on in it discovers he has it. And so it's becoming worse and worse. And um, it's affecting his future. Essentially it's affecting his ability because of the cooking. He wants to go to, to uh, culinary school and um, it, because he's, he's having troubles with the, the voices and things like that. Um, he um, starts having problems at school and like grades and and things like that so he basically this is starting to now affect him with his future and stuff that he wants to do um he has to move schools and he meets taylor russell's character who uh, is like the valedictorian and stuff and he wants uh, her to tutor him and um of course you know they're they're both in high school and and it's a boy and girl so there's a love story in here um which also plays into the schizophrenia because he wants to keep it a secret and things like that so he has to hide that from her uh, and then he's also dealing with at home walton goggins is the stepfather um his his father left him left when he was er- when they were he was really young and so walton, walton goggins is coming to their lives and he's kind of got a combative relationship there as well and so there's a a, a nice little storyline with that as well. So I really like this movie a lot. Um, it's got some nice moments. Uh, I thought it's interesting the way they did it with, with the, the different characters with, with schizophrenia and stuff. Um, Cause they're kind of aware he's like taking medicine throughout the movie too. They're trying to figure out like a cure, I guess, or like a treatment. And they're kind of like encouraging him not to take the medicine and stuff. So there's like that kind of stuff going on. Like they're very self-aware characters and, it, I thought it would get annoying with those characters, but I think they use them sparingly enough where it adds a lot to it, actually. Um, but it's a, it's an interesting look at that. I mean, they they kind of make a point about in the movie of they don't. There's not a lot of stories about people with schizophrenia, so it's kind of an interesting look at that, an interesting take on it. Because um, I've, I've never really seen that before, so um, I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was a, a a nice movie. I mean, it deals with some serious things, but it also has some nice sweet moments too. So. Um, and I think it has like original music by the Chainsmokers or something in there, so it's kind of got like a, like a, 
I don't know, like that that teenage sound with like something like Thirteen that Reasons teenage Why angst. Yeah, <laughs> like the Thirteen Reasons Why soundtrack kind of had that too, like just like a summery like teenage soundtrack type thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I liked it. I would I would say check it out. It's it was way more way better acted than I thought it would be. Um, and, uh, I think it's got a, a pretty impactful story too. So I'd say, I'd say, check it out. I like the sound of this. Um, I, if you, so if you look at the poster, they have the, it's called words on bathroom walls and then they have the tagline. And this is, this is one of the worst taglines I've ever read. If you can't trust your mind, trust your heart. <laughs> and that makes that makes me want to puke and that makes me think oh this is a stupid ass movie for teenagers yeah. but it, it's also got an 87 certified fresh by by critics right now 93 yeah. percent of the audiences are liking this as well so this is actually well done so mm-hmm. i think you're not the only one seth that's been surprised that there's actual talent here and mm-hmm. that they did a good job so i like the sound of this and it, it seems um it must i guess i don't i don't know what you know about schizophrenia but it seems to me like this is more of an honest portrayal of the disorder and less of a over dramatization of it like we like we're used to seeing in something like split yeah i think they um they make a point here too of like cuz there isn't a cure for it you know and and they show kind of the struggles of um like going through different treatments they they make a big point about that of like trying out new drugs and experimental um, procedures and, and um, like going through a new regiment of getting new pills and so stuff like that. And, and they make a point of like, you know, this isn't cured and it's something that people have to deal with and go through at their own steps. And, you know, so they don't sit there and try and be like, Oh, he's better because he's in love and now he's automatically cured. And, you know, like they, they make a point of being like, this is, this is a thing that people just have to deal with, you know, and it's, it sucks. So I think that, I think they actually did a pretty good job of telling it that way, whether or not like seeing, talking to different people, like the way they do that, if that's real, I mean, obviously we probably have no way to know unless you guys aren't real. And I've just been talking to you for, you know, the last, however long, um, how terrifying would that be? It's <laughs> a lot of dead air on our podcast. Also, he was <laughs> it's completely just... unedited. Just three hours of just him talking to himself, <laughs> and I'm just doing your guys' voices. Yeah, I agree. What do you Seth? think, Cody? <laughs> it's gonna be really good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I think that they they try and tell it in a way that's not you know everything's rosy at the end, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, I think it's, they, they approached it in a, in a cool way that I haven't seen before. Nice. Nice. I love the, uh, I love the sound of this. The movie is words on bathroom walls, uh, getting good reviews. Seth is enjoying it and it's available in theaters now if you want to check it out. All right, Jared. So let's turn to you here and, uh, and we, we got a special treat. It's coming right for us! This is a preview. <laughs> <laughs> Of a movie that is that is yet to come out, um, but you got an early screening of this one, and it, it's another one where I don't know what the fuck it is, so you're gonna have to tell us. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, big uh, shout out to uh, the old Netflix uh, platform for hooking me up. Uh, this movie actually, or documentary rather, this doesn't come out until September 9th, so a little bit early, um, something that might be on people's radar, but this one is called The Social Dilemma, and Honestly, I had no idea what to expect. Um, I knew it was a documentary, and I knew that the poster would look like cerebral, like a brain, and um, social 
media uh, platforms. And essentially this documentary brings in a bunch of people. I necessarily wouldn't call them professionals, but it's people that have worked at uh, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Twitter, Reddit, Pinterest, uh, essentially any and every um, social media platform. They've worked in Silicon Valley, and it's anywhere from programmers to people that set up uh, the like button for Facebook or CEOs of the company. And then they also bring in a bunch of people that, you know, from uh, educated uh, people like MIT and whatnot for psychology and the look into behavior and whatnot that has changed over the last few years. But essentially their stance on everything is that social media started as a great tool. Um, but is essentially morphed into creating more and more problems over the last decade, essentially, where um, mental health has very much been um, a factor that they can kind of relate back to social media, the way that people act. Um, Cody, you had mentioned kind of and hinted at this review earlier of people being introverts. They mentioned that Mm -hmm. people are very much introverts. Um, They don't have, like young kids don't want to get their license until, you know, almost 20 instead of 16. They haven't had sexual or any sort of first kiss or any sort of relationship until much later in life. Um, it, it's this weird thing where social media, you can see how it's changed the, the next generation, the generation Z, um, whether good, bad or whatnot, it's the first generation that essentially has had to have this technology their whole life. But it's, it's this essentially these, these perspective of these people that were like, we were doing good and then it turned bad and it shows how, you know, uh, people are essentially addicted to, social media platforms now where they are uh, designed to essentially keep you on the platform. So a good example is say you have Facebook and you haven't been on Facebook for two days. To get you back on that platform, they might send you a push notification that, hey, so-and-so, a friend of a friend probably, is also also on uh, Facebook. Or or they could say that they died. I don't know. Um, So then you'll be like, okay, well, I need to open up the app. Um, So I think that it's a really good and almost terrifying look at social media it, it honestly made it made me want to delete a couple apps. I will say it is very much framed for a different viewpoint. Um, they touch on the good very little compared to the bad. Um, and also I think that it is kind of a certain way on the per- political spectrum because they do touch on um, elections and how essentially, you know, th- Facebook is – nothing was done illegally via Facebook because everything – the tools were already there, um, it, you know, talking about elections and just anything and everything with protests and whatnot. I was surprised by how timely this was because they have footage and they touch on coronavirus and protests. So wow. this must have been maybe they a- added it in after the fact, but like the earliest or I guess to us, the earliest footage was I think from April because there was a date on one of the videos and it said April, 2020. And I was like, holy crap, like this is very timely. Um, so it it is an interesting, terrifying look at what social media does. They do, um, you know how documentaries will, you know, throw in like 
intercut footage of, you know, a reenactment or kind of what uh, High Score did where they animated the stuff to kind of make mm-hmm. it more interesting. This one is almost a short film intercut into this documentary and they get actors actually in it um the kid uh is it skylar gisano from uh santa clarita diet mm-hmm. yeah yes. he's he is one of the actors in this kind of essentially short film and weird i think it's a little weird because it does take you out of like the hard facts but it does paint a good picture of how this is affecting the everyday kind of family person and relationships at school and stuff because it shows like a family dinner and they're not paying attention they're all on their phones and then they're like okay well how about this i'll pay for like i'll give you a reward if you don't touch your phone for a week and the addiction like they can't do it so um the the short film that's put in there um it's well done but i do, do think it detracts from the actual information there um Overall, though, I think that this, I think I said in my review, this is one that everyone needs to watch, no matter if you're a certain leaning of political like viewpoints or whatnot. It's just educational to see how potentially you are being manipulated. It straight up says in there that you are being manipulated by these apps and that uh, a, a fact that stood out to me was fake articles or fake news on many social media platforms for example twitter is shared six times as much as a true article and they said a lot of the reason is one people are uneducated they're not doing double checks for google and fake stuff sounds more news is kind of boring fake stuff sounds interesting and they think that life needs to be more interesting so that's why they're sharing this stuff it is it is weird it is a very weird um like kind of philosophy or psycho psychology essentially behind it. it it's it it's baffling to to say the least but yeah man this this was this was almost a kind of a wake-up call for certain things i want to watch this because it sounds fascinating and i love the idea i i love that we've experienced enough of this era to be studying it now um because I've, I've for a long time been curious about like what is this doing and to hear you talk about, oh, it, it, you know, it scared you or whatever. Um, I am really interested to watch this because I think it's going to do the same thing for me. I'm, I'm on Facebook a fucking lot um, <laughs> and way more than I should be. And I'm aware of it. I, I'm sure it's even more of a problem than I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've I, seen now, you've seen this. And then there was, I think the hater was what it was yeah. called earlier this summer. You've seen a lot of social network driven things. Are these... Other than them generally giving you a, a, a level of fear of, of the social media, uh, do you like that genre? Do you think this is a genre where we should continue to build out, you know, whether it's uh, dramas that are that are fictionally investigating different things or whether it's uh, documentaries and things doing the deep dive? Is this a world you want to continue to explore more of? Like when you see another movie about social media, are you going to be attracted to it? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you asked that because, yeah, okay, The Hater I reviewed about a month ago. And it it's very much a fictionalized version of what 
real life could be this documentary is the real life like it, it translates um uh-huh. i think that these two yeah that this concept this idea this this kind of genre if you if you call it that is something that does grab my attention because i like to know what's going on i like to know if i'm being swayed a certain way into uh clicking on something essentially um a few things that i completely forgot to kind of talk about and i don't want to spoil anything but they do touch on some kind of conspiracies and how even youtube um don't ever click a recommended video they said because it'll lead you down a dark rabbit hole um again Mm. I, i won't get further into that because the documentary is fascinating but a good thing is like they all were coming from a place of positivity that went wrong for example the facebook like button they wanted it to be able to share things with people and congratulate people and kind of build a bonding thing with your friends like oh they shared a picture i like your picture now it has turned into a thing where someone posts something they get three likes they are depressed because only three people liked it um Mm-hmm. And that, therefore, they even say, they're like, we didn't mean for it to turn into this. It's a it's an interesting study in tech in general, because yeah. tech in general doesn't ever think that far ahead. It just thinks, can I do this? Can I sell it? And then nobody ever asks if we should do it. Yep. And, and that's exactly what they touch on. That, okay. See, I, see, I got to watch this, because that last thing you talked about with the likes, I am so bad about likes. Um <laughs> I post, I don't post a lot, but when I post, I put a lot of thought into my posts and I, I have an expectation that they're going to be well circulated. And so I posted something, um, Friday and something on Saturday. And in both cases I had to check myself because I was like, what I'm trying to do here is talk about something else. I, I was trying to raise awareness about two different things. And, and I was like, I posted them and then I was like, okay, I hope people read that and think about it. And then five minutes later, I was like, okay, has anybody liked it yet? And then a minute after that, okay, <laughs> has anybody liked it? Only mm-hmm. three people have liked And I'm refreshing. And I found myself doing that just this last weekend. And it was driving me crazy. I was like, why the yep. fuck can't I stop looking for likes? This isn't even supposed to be about me. This is something else I'm putting out there. It's not even a photo of me or anything like that. They so, they, they touch on, um, God, I, when, I, I'm excited for... Cody, you or Seth, both of you guys to watch this to talk about it further because they they say that they've built essentially a, a slot machine in your hand. It's gambling. Mm-hmm. Every time you refresh, something new might pop up. But will it or will it not? Hmm. God. I, I think I'm going to love this. I'm going to love learning all this new. It's going to make me feel like such a stupid ass though. Like been, <laughs> oh, I, I felt have... really dumb. Oh my God. I know like I'm going to be watching this and I, I, I want Seth to watch it too. Cause you're probably going to be rolling your eyes at it. Like, Oh, they got Cody with that move and that move. And <laughs> they got me with it all. Like I'm so sucked Facebook specifically. And I'm so sucked into. So I, and I get like, I, I know there's, a, I know there's the manipulation. I know that there's, um, you know, like mentally it could be bad for you. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the same for everyone. Like, I mean, obviously people like likes and stuff, but I think there are certain levels of like how, especially like younger generations, I think are, that's, it's part of them. Like we, and I know we're just as susceptible, if not more, because we grew up with this stuff. Um, Like we grew up getting it and learning it new. Um, But I also think too, on the other hand, so it's like, it's just like, it's, it's a form of entertainment. I know it's like people get addicted to it and it's again, bad mentally in certain situations, but it's also like 
yes, it's bad for you, but at the end of the day, it's like we're all t- we're all just fucking meat bags yep. that are going to expire at some point. Yep. Uh-huh. We got to fill our times doing something. If if that's what people like to do, then that's what people like to do, you know. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know. As long as you're not like murdering someone or you know fucking over people, if if that's what you know, if that's what you want to do to to spend your time going around the sun, then by all means, I guess go for it. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I will be, I will be very curious what you guys have to say. Um, I believe this comes out September 9th on Netflix, so a little bit early. You might have to wait around, but uh, definitely highly recommend this. I can't wait. I can't wait. And I love that last point you made, Seth, because it's it's kind of like beer, right? Like yeah. <laughs> if you if you understand and that's I think the important part is if you understand what it can do to you and what it yeah. will do to you, then you can responsibly use it. And I think we're just getting to that point with social media, which is why I'm really excited to watch this and see and realize that I'm drinking ten beers a day uh in <laughs> social media terms when I shouldn't be. Um, but you're right. Because cr- they did and Jared, it seems like this is more uh, as you said, it, it's geared more maybe toward the negative sides, but do they take time to touch on the positive, great stuff that comes out of social media? Because there is some of that, too. Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, obviously, the time balance is very much skewed one way, so I, I will mm-hmm. say that there might be, uh, hell, even the, the documentary might be manipulating you. Um, but they do talk about, you know, oh, family members have met and they've never knew that they existed or long lost friends or someone was able to, you know, learn something from someone else and whatnot like i would say that Um, we're all way more educated now but there's also you know some dark sides to it and i and like even just another like something that's great for social media and just smartphones in general um it's just like being able to contact someone pretty much instantly yep because like with that for for example for me with that storm um the derecho um They, uh, I was able to because the 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 cell phone towers weren't working well. I wasn't able to like call out or um, get a text through um, or back in. So I used Facebook Messenger when I had little bits of data to get through to like my mom and dad. So that's something I wouldn't been able to do because you know with before smartphones and stuff, the phone lines would have been down because all the trees came down on them. So like we wouldn't have that option because of without smartphones. So like there is a lot of positive. Um, with social media and stuff, but I also hate social media a lot. Yep. And, and, so, and you, I think what you have done in the last, what, four or five months, essentially, you, you've you almost reset your brain. Yeah, maybe. I'm still, I mean, I'm still on it more. You know, I've gotten kind of back into Twitter a little bit more. Um, and Facebook, I've always had boundaries with anyway. Um and so I I don't really like Facebook um, that much. <laughs> I that's my least used one, and I only use Twitter and Facebook. So it's it's I don't know. I'd say I'm probably I I probably check each of them. I probably check Facebook maybe like five times a day, um, for like a few minutes, and then Twitter maybe a few more than that, seven or eight for a few minutes, and that's about it. I'm gonna embarrass myself here. And this will be the last word on the social dilemma before we move on. I'm going to pull up my digital well-being app and tell you guys how much screen time I used today. I was on... Pornhub. <laughs> I spent 50 minutes, minutes on Instagram today. I spent 45 minutes on Facebook today. It doesn't look like I was on Twitter very much. So that's two hours of my day just fucking thumbing, thumbing, 
thumbing through fucking Instagram and Facebook, which I would love to have that time back. But I do, I do think Seth, you, you have a very good point, which is that's, you know, that's how I choose to entertain myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as long as I can do so in a healthy manner, it's not necessarily the end of the world, but, um, still very, very excited to see, uh, the social dilemma. This is going to come out, um, next week on Netflix. So keep an eye out for that one and give it a view. Finally here, and when I say finally, I mean all caps, finally, we're going to talk a little bit about Christopher Nolan's newest movie, Tenet. So we have been looking forward to this for a very long time, not only because of quarantine, but because, you know, we've heard teasers of this over time. I can remember specifically when Robert Pattinson was cast in Tenet, I remember us reporting on it. So uh, I, I, I think this is something that, that this podcast has been looking forward to for a long time. I think the movie going public in general has been looking forward to Tenet for a long time. And it's kind of that first huge blockbuster that we're getting post-COVID. Um, before we dive in, a week from today, uh, we are going to be having an episode. We're going to have Lindsay Monday back on the show. You guys met her or had her again a few weeks ago. And we're going to do a spoiler chat for Tenet. So um, if, you, if you're if you seeing Tenet, uh, see it before you watch or listen to that episode, or at the very least, keep an eye on the timestamps so you can avoid the spoilers. Next week, we're going to talk full spoilers for Tenet. We'll, we'll sound the warning, don't worry, so you can listen to the rest of the episode even if you're not uh, watching Tenet. Um, but today... Uh, Jared and Seth have both already seen Tenet. So we're going to get your guys' uh, high-level reviews, and then we'll do a deep dive next week. So all of that said, guys, we've been waiting so long for Tenet. We had it delayed because of COVID. What were your thoughts coming out of Tenet? He was dead the whole time. <laughs> he was the same person. The Man. boat sinks. They, it doesn't like water. <laughs> Seth, you can start. No, you go ahead. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, okay. Tenant, Christopher Nolan, big movie coming out. Um, I don't even know how to really explain the, the plot. Um, essentially, it's like a government agency that this guy gets recruited for, and he goes on kind of a spy espionage mission for um, a certain asset. That's kind of what the movie is about. And, you know... All looking forward to this Christopher Nolan. I, I think he did a wonderful job of crafting this world out of complete sheer mind fuckery and nonsense. Like, if you've watched the trailer, people are fighting backwards and sliding on the ground backwards, and a car flips over. It, essentially, half the movie is in rewind. Um, and how does that interact with actual people? It does. It, it is insane what he is able to craft in this world um and it flow so well and again everything connects in this unique fashion um i'm sure seth is going to add some some craziness here but i think the score <laughs> crazy the, the score is such this unique thing where it's like futuristic sci-fi synth something unique um that sets this mood that makes this movie not feel like it's set in any other world it is its own unique world with its own unique rules with these characters um the performances again uh, fantastic all around john david washington like from the very beginning of this movie you are in for the action you are in for his portrayal you are in for this ride of a movie um you know the opening of the dark knight imagine that 
but even more action-packed. Um, oh, Seth, shit. over to you. <laughs> Man, you just throw it over quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, for, you forgot about Michael Caine. Oh, I forgot about Michael Caine. He he was in the movie for a little bit yes, too. Yes. Chef, um, chef, chef. Was was Michael Caine any good in the movie? God, I hit my mic out of the way. I'm so upset about your Michael Caine impression. I got pissed and hit the mic. Oh no! Um, that was good. <laughs> um, Michael Caine is good as a movie. He, <laughs> he has he has the role the size of a tangerine. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to, to I agree with, the, with a lot of what you said there, Jared. Um, I think, uh, yeah, performances all around are really good. Um, some really incredible shots in the movie, which, I mean, is, is something you come to expect with a Christopher Nolan movie is is just the the just the overall, like, unique shots that they have throughout. Um, uh, score is great. Um, I, I think the overall world, like you said, is, is it's... I mean, again, it's Christopher Nolan. It's it's it feels like a similar world, and just in terms of like similar, like the Inception, where it's like the real world. It's the real world exists, but there's this new idea that's kind of brought into it, you know. And, and you're exploring that new that new idea, um, the the time tra- in this case time travel type stuff going on, like you've seen in the trailers. Um, it's it's a spectacle. It's the I mean, if in, I don't know if this was the my specific theater um but it's the loudest movie i've seen in that theater um (laughs) it's like my there the the my chairs there don't have like a vibrating feature but it felt like it did whereas to it like when when it would stop being action i would still like i would feel that after effect of like vibrating because it had been so (laughs) consistent like and gunfire and like loud waves and like even yeah, even the waves are fucking just like like so fucking loud. Hey, are those waves in mono or stereo? <laughs> I would, along with that though, and I think probably the biggest complaint I have for the movie is especially early on, and I and talk about that a little bit more expanded later, but the the dialogue is pretty hard to hear at times. And I think that does have something to play with play into the movie because it kind of clears up later in the movie. So I think that's something that um, just the overall like understanding people clears up later in the movie. So I think that I think it was an intention for the, for it to be hard to understand kind of annoying up front. And I think that the beginning of it is a little bit harder to follow because everything is kind of introduced in a way that's quick. Um, and even though there's a, there's a lot of exposition it it doesn't make full sense until later. So I was never like, we were talking in a, in a group chat, um, with, with, um, us, us three and Lindsay. Um, I, I think I was never fully lost but I also had to kind of catch up later through stuff I've other stuff I pulled from the movie or I had to kind of make my own my own assumptions, which I think are probably right. Um, I want to do more research on the movie and, and watch some videos. And Jared, Jared and I talked through some things, too, that I think are interesting um, prior to the podcast. Um, but I also want to see it again because, again, not only do I want to get a free massage, uh, I guess, after seeing it. it 
<laughs> um, I also am interested in, in after researching more, seeing like. It, and I was already kind of thinking about it as I was watching the movie because, I, again, I was talking to Jared. I went into this fully expecting not to understand it right away because that's the same thing with Inception um, and Interstellar. It's like you see it, you don't fully understand, but you talk about it more, you think through it more, you you research it more, and you start to understand it, and then you see it again. And I was already having that thought. Like I went into it of like, I'm just going to go. I'm not going to try too hard to completely understand it. I'm going to just try and soak up all of the bits and pieces that I can. And I'll try and, like, keep mental notes of things as I'm watching it. And I think for a lot of the big stuff, I was able to soak that up. And, and a lot of the notes I had taken had um, made sense when I connected all the dots and stuff. Um, still some things I was lost at, especially in the beginning. Um, and that's why I want to watch it again to try and connect everything. So... It's one of those movies where it's like, I want to see it again because I want to make sense of it all. And Inception was that same exact way. In terms of movies, I like Inception more, um, but I still like Tenet quite a bit. Um, I, I think with a rewatch too and clearing things up, I'll like it even more. Um, definitely more one of the more action movies. It's some of the best action, I think, for Nolan since um, like Batman, the Batman movies. So... Um, it, 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 and probably, I mean, it's probably the best action I've seen this year in terms of just the way it's shot, um, the shooting, and the, the, the hand-to-hand. So I liked it a lot. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself, I will say the story I, I got. I got the story. I went from A to B to Z to C. Like, I figured it out. The thing is... My biggest complaint was, yes, that sound mixing. And it came out, I know, Seth, you mentioned it a lot of people last night on Twitter. Um, there was even an article that apparently that was a creative decision. I didn't like it. I didn't like that creative decision because I, I like, I already feel like I can't hear movies. Um, a lot of the time mm-hmm. I watch with subtitles now because I'm like, I don't want to miss anything. Um, so I was frustrated, I guess. That was that was what I felt last night. I'm, I finally was able to gather my thoughts and express this, that I was frustrated because I wanted this to be a great one-time watch, figure everything out, hear what everyone's saying. And to a certain point, I'm just like, I, I, I'm just going to have to figure out from the actions of what these people are doing to figure out what the hell this story is because I didn't get a lot of the dialogue. Um and yes, Seth, I totally agree. This is going to be another watch movie for myself. Last night, I said I wasn't going to do it. Today, after reading some more, doing my own research, writing through my thoughts, I do want to see this again because I think I'll enjoy it a hell of a lot more the second time because mm-hmm. I just, I was, fr- I guess I'm going to, yes, I was frustrated. I was like, I can't hear this. I, I, I just want to hear what these people are saying. <laughs> um, but the sheer spectacle was a nice thing to distract me, I guess. Um, I'm curious what you will think, Cody, but I had a big problem with the sound and therefore not hearing what people are saying did complicate certain specifics to the story. Again, the overall outline, I figured it out. I knew what was happening, but little tiny specifics or maybe like hell, even Easter eggs, I didn't catch because I couldn't hear what anyone was saying. Yeah. Yeah. That would piss me off, and I have seen that in multiple places. Um, I guess my question then is, if it if, if they're saying it's a creative decision, because initially I'm hearing, oh, it's hard to hear, I'm thinking, oh, then I'll get one of those subtitle things. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it, but if that's a choice, and if I'm not supposed to hear things in the first act, do, do you like? Do you think is that advised, or 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 for my first watch, should I just try it, just do it without? I mean, I legitimately wanted subtitles, but I think the first watch you need to just be engaged watching everything because it is. Yeah, you don't want to miss anything, I guess. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was thinking was maybe for the first time I'll. Uh, just watch it and not hear it, <laughs> and 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 maybe it'll be less of a it'll be less jarring for me knowing that that's mm-hmm. going to be coming and that I don't need to hear everything. Maybe um, that'll be helpful. But yeah, um, I'll do it without the subs, and then yeah, maybe for the second round, I'll I'll go I'll get one of those little tool things that they give you um, that gives the subtitles. This is interesting. Uh, the, the much has been made of the sound mixing, um, but to hear the rest of it, it sounds like it's Nolan like we expected with the big spectacle, the high action. Uh, the the mind trickery a little bit. Um, I'm very excited to get out to this. I'm even more excited to uh, chat about it next week with Lindsay because um, she's a huge, huge Nolan fan. And uh, and I know it'll be a fun one to kind of uh, break down with you guys. So uh, very much looking forward to break next week's show. Again, if you haven't seen Tenet, um, try and watch it before next week. Uh, head out to your theater and, and check it out. Um, otherwise, just keep an eye out on next week's show for spoilers because we are going to be getting into those at that point. So lots of good stuff this week. Um, New Mutants, David Copperfield, Unhinged, Words on Bathroom Walls, The Social Dilemma, and Tenet are all available now one way or the other. So check those out if you liked what we had to say in this week's reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right. Well, that's going to almost bring us to the end of our show. But before we go, you know, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one one more thing. Okay, I said I wasn't going to do this, and I'm I'm going to make it short um, because I'll, I'll I'm worried I'll cry if I spend too much time talking about this. Um, but I'm sure everyone's aware of Chadwick Boseman's passing. Um, the only thing I was going to say about it was it's a great time to be finding Chadwick Boseman movies to watch. Um, there have been special showings of things everywhere. There's like movies being brought onto streaming that weren't previously. Um, and I would highly, highly, highly recommend a movie that I don't think anybody but me saw, uh, Marshall from last year where he plays Thurgood Marshall is incredibly good. You went and saw that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that one was really good. Uh, 42 where he plays Jackie Robinson is excellent. I know on my list, I've got to see get on up where he plays James Brown. Um, and, and there's certainly a, a million other great performances as part of Chadwick Boseman's career. Um, we just recently reviewed him well in, in Defy Bloods this year, which is still on Netflix. So, you know, um, the, the importance cannot be understated for Chadwick Boseman and, and the, the grief, uh, for, for a lot of people is, is huge. Um, but suffice it to say, um, now's a great time to go out there and watch his movies. So seek him out. And if you haven't seen any of his performances, any of them is a recommend. So go, go check those out. Um, for my one more thing. I love food. I love talking about it, and I love eating it even more. Now, Wendy's right now has a fantastic deal on nuggets. (laughs) Let me tell you right now. You can get 50 normal nuggets or 50 spicy nuggets for the one low price of $9.99. Holy crap. Shut the fuck up. I did it. And I lived to tell the tale, and my God, I've never been so much. I, I this is the greatest nugget. Like my, my week is wonderful. I've had so many nuggets for a low price. Did it? It's wonderful. 
did you uh i mean after having all those nuggets was it uh was it was it rough growing a tail afterwards oh i'm not gonna lie i woke up oh at 4 30 and shit my bed almost <laughs> oh no <laughs> That's nasty. Oh I recommend God. against the spicy ones. <laughs> That's what it sounded like coming out your V-slot. Oh, my God. Wow. That is explicit. That's funny. 50 of them, huh? Yes. So I didn't eat they, them all. I didn't this. eat them all. Did they reheat, Will? Did you use, like, an air fryer to keep them crispy? Like, how did you... If you're going to get 50, I'm assuming you're not going to eat them in one sitting unless you're doing it as a challenge, but how does a person properly reheat the nugget and I, keep it keep it tasty? Yeah, I did throw them uh, because, I, you know, you throw them in the microwave, they get a little soggy, you know, they get that sweat, mm-hmm. and then they're like, oh, what do I do with these? Um, so I did throw them in the oven for a little bit, low temperature, get them a little more crispy. Um, they, they reheated well. Um, so if you do want a lot of nuggets... Go the oven route for uh, reheating, unless you are a heathen and just want to eat all 50 at once. There you go. Wow. Uh, 50 McNuggets. Be careful, though, folks. You don't want to, you're going to end up painting the inside of your drawers if you're not careful. <laughs> oh, from my the sounds Lord. of it. So, yeah, watch out for the crispy. <laughs> I can't oh, believe it, deal. That is a first ever on the Soko show, I think, is that someone's one more thing is a fast food deal. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> My one more thing. Um, you guys had talked about it um, in the TV corner, I think, maybe while I was gone the one week. Um, high score. Oh yeah. Um, I, I'm not quite yes. done with it yet, but I'm, I'm almost finished. But I do really enjoy it. Um, I probably won't review it just since you guys already covered it. But I uh, just wanted to bring that up. I'd recommend that for any video game fans, um, especially. I mean, I'm I'm my biggest era was the Super Nintendo, or you know, like uh, mid mid to late '90s, um, and so that that like that's the stuff it focuses uh, on a little bit later in the episodes, um, which I was uh, very much enjoying. I mean, I do enjoy the other stuff too, um, with like going back to the arcades and that type of thing. Um, but I have heard a lot of those, like a lot of documentaries focus on that earlier time with video games. So I've heard a decent amount of those stories. Um, I, I, I don't hear much about really the, the Super Nintendo era and then kind of going forward from there. It seems to kind of like a lot of that had already been kind of publicized because video games became more popular then. Um, but you don't really hear a lot of like the behind the scenes stuff either um, with it. So. You know, I, I I enjoy it quite a bit, and I hope they do more as they get further on to the history of games, too. That would be so fun. Oh, I'd love for them to continue, because where they leave high score, there's definitely, there's a lot that's happened since. Um, mm-hmm. So it would be really cool if they got another season. That'd be awesome. Yeah, you can't, can't recommend high score enough for folks. Um, I, I guess a, a cautionary recommendation for the spicy chicken nuggets <laughs> at Wendy's. <laughs> Uh, and and a, a, a big time recommendation for any Chadwick Boseman movie this week. And one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. That's going to bring us to the end of episode <laughs> number 159 of the SoCo Show. Great episode this week. Lots of reviews. Um, so if you're looking for some shit to watch this weekend, we've got you covered. Um, Going into Labor Day weekend, we hope you all enjoy, um, potentially if you have a long weekend like some of us, Seth and I are going to be on the road to Denver for our fantasy football, uh, our annual draft trip. Um, So very much looking forward to that. But uh, next week on the show, as we mentioned earlier, big episode, Lindsay Monday will join the three of us and we are going to break open the spoilers and do a deep dive into Tenet. So um, watch the movie if you want to follow along with that. And, uh, yeah, and we're going to have a, a really fun time. 
Um, want to thank the our, our third our third At host Jared Buckendall. I don't know what we get. We're gonna have to come up with something, but my brain has has been unable to come up with a title for you. Um, maybe your host host emeritus. How's that sound? Host emeritus. <laughs> host emeritus. Yeah, that's like. Um, or maybe uh, what's the word when you? Oh, I might have answered my own question and made myself look stupid. I was gonna say what's the what's it called when they make you like an honorary professor at a university, and I'm pretty sure it's just called an honorary professor. <laughs> um, <laughs> So maybe we'll just make you an honorary host of the SoCo Show. Anyway, we want to thank you, Jared, for joining us yet again this week. Um, and you've been really busy over there, not only with a legal battle, but uh, getting some getting some videos put up. Uh, tell us what you're working on right now. Yeah, yeah. No, obviously, uh, for the what, almost six months straight, thank you so much for uh, letting me crash this car, sit in the back seat, essentially. Um, yeah, uh, J-Buck Live. What's that? Hands where you can see Okay, them. yeah, hands up, people. Hand check. <laughs> hand check. Um, <laughs> J Buck Live, uh, still Tuesdays, but it's going to move to 8 p.m. Uh, Central Time, unless, you know, the legal battles uh, don't go through correctly. But otherwise, uh, big things on my channel this week. I'm going to do a tenant ending explain poorly video, so tune in for that. Um, another Netflix uh, ending explained for I'm thinking of ending things and then I think one or two other reviews but I'm kind of taking the weekend off luckily um, when I say that I'll probably take one day off so um, not too much time but then uh, you know Sunday I will be right back with uh, the Lovecraft Country episode breakdown so if you're following that jump over there and check out my breakdowns every Sunday there you go folks uh, subscribe over there on the YouTube Jared Buckendall Turn on your notifications, too, so you don't miss any of the fun. And, and of course, if you're not already subscribed over there, make sure you do so before September 17th because the J-Buck Studios YouTube page is the home for the SoCo Show Live. So uh, so you're going to want to be connected over there. Um, also, uh, keep an eye out for that Tenet Explained Poorly, especially if you've already seen the movie because from what I hear, it's going to be expansive and it is going to be intense and I don't even know what you're researching because I haven't seen the movie yet, but I, <laughs> I, I, I am assuming it's going to be uh, incredibly deep and well done as, as all the ending explained poorly's are. So make Hi. sure you guys make your way over there and, uh, and give Jared the old thumbs up. Give, give that like button a boop over on, over on YouTube. <laughs> Show the love. Uh, big shouts out, of course, to our sponsors. Links to all of them in the description box. And as always, a major shout out to all of our anchor wankers. We certainly appreciate y'all helping out the show. Uh, and to those of you who are listening that aren't anchor wankers, we appreciate you as well. Thanks for listening to these episodes and, and, and really thank you for sharing them with friends. Anything to help us grow the audience is a huge, huge help to the podcast. So we appreciate your efforts in doing that. That's going to wrap us up though for this week. Again, come on back next time uh, to hear Lindsay Monday and a deep dive on Tenet. But for now, that's all. So for Jared Buckendall and the show host, Seth Ott, I have been the co-host, Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye.